Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness Can Podcast with myself, Paul Bushell. And, and me. Hello, Jane. <laughs> Jane Lenny Thomas. Gosh, How's I it? I'm not going to forget you. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like just doing that. How are you, lovey? Uh, yeah, it's that time of the year. Uh, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, I think it's been a hard year. And maybe we say that every year, but I think that there are lots of reasons that make this year an especially hard year. It's the first year since the pandemic that we've had a full year without anything completely big. Yeah. But of course, there's been lots of big things in that. And I, if you're feeling tired, um, like Christmas has come early uh, this year, you're not alone. Yeah. I think it's probably, or I get the feeling of like I've been running on adrenaline for a long time. So it's like I get tired easier. Um, my stamina or my muscle memory is not what it used to be. So the intensity is still there. The demand is still there. But sometimes there's no gears in the tank like there used to be. And also kind of really pausing in this month of November um, and reflecting and holding space for men has been such a huge focus for me. You know, it was actually uh, spearheaded by the, the Barbie movie. When I left the Barbie movie, you know, you one of the first people I phoned. I was just so bilious. I just, I just didn't like it at all. And the whole concept of Barbie kind of <sighs> emasculating Ken in order to get what she needed. And I was just like, that's that's not, that doesn't feel right for me. That's what I took from the movie. I know they're different narratives, but that doesn't feel right for me. And, you know, as a as a daughter of a wonderful, wonderful father and a wife of a special, precious man and two gorgeous sons, I was like, now's the time for me as a woman to hold space for men. And I've been on this quest since the 1st of November, going out and highlighting 30 KZN men and asking them some really personal questions about their mental health, you being one of them. I mean, how was the experience for you? Well, I love the fact that you're doing this campaign because although in the mental health space, whether it's for whoever, we seem to be making progress, we still have a lot to do. And on top of that, I think that we're living through a mental health crisis. Um, So as much progress as we have made, there's still a lot to be done. Uh, And I think all members of our community need light. Uh, Sean, on the parts of that experience, which are especially hard for them, I mean, I think in terms of men and, and women's mental health, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And, and I, you know, you and I spoke a lot about the movie. And as much as we, we know that there's a lot of room in society for women to gain more space at the table, more voice, more equality, and that's something that you and I are very committed to, we've got to be very careful that we don't fall into that very polarizing black or white, all or nothing type thinking where it's one or the other. Mm. So it can only be ever men at the table or only ever be women. Mm. Surely there's enough for everyone yeah. and there's enough space for everyone to be able to be authentic and live themselves. So I think talking about men's mental health is really useful right now. I'm not avoiding the question. No, by no, the way. I'm getting I got there. you. I I'm got getting you. there. You're going to go all right, full yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think for the longest time, the way that masculinity has been set up in society is that men often are raised to believe, particularly in South Africa, 
that they can either be fine uh, or they can be excited. You know, like the rugby, you can be excited, Mm -hmm. you can be fine in the middle, or you can sometimes be cross. Mm. But all the other stuff in between that, kind of like that gets negative responses, like you can't cry, boys can't be scared uh, or anxious. And so we've got to give boys and men access to that vocabulary and a safe space to be vulnerable with that stuff, that they're not going to be judged or shamed or emasculated or made to feel less than because, and of course they do, all of us, uh, experience the full range of all of those feelings in different moments of our life. Mm. And I'll jump in here and say something along the lines of there's no such thing as a bad or wrong feeling. All feelings matter. All feelings, as hard as some of them can be, are important, useful, normal, and appropriate in in our lives. But we've got to be able to form relationships with those feelings that we are not ashamed of them or afraid of them. And so I think a campaign like this gives men the opportunity, the platform to talk about some of those feelings. And that's really useful. But as one of the participants, and even as a psychologist, someone who's been dealing with the feeling stuff and the thought stuff for a long time, mm-hmm. when the light shines on you as a man in this space, it wasn't easy. Yeah, and you weren't the only one that said that it wasn't easy. So the campaign started with my 13-year-old son, Cooper. And I thought it was quite, it was important uh, to spotlight a man or a young boy just about to head into manhood. Uh, because he's at that age where everything's woke and embarrassing and, you know, they've got their own language. And, yeah, I just I thought it was important to put him onto the set. It's giving. <laughs> it's giving. Oh, my gosh. That gets slay and that's giving are the two things that I said the most in the house full of three, 30, almost 13-year-olds. Anyway, to put them into a playful environment because I think that that was also the magic that happened in that space is not asking you to arrive in your normal everyday clothing and talk to me about your mental health, you know. It was like, how do we shift and turn this into something that is healing and something that is restorative and something that awakes that little boy inside of you? Because I think all of us remember some feeling or memory of our childhood where things just felt less complicated. So for me, it was to set it up in a way that gave it a a feeling of not so scary. But again, I would see the men come into the studio and and have the best time and the testimonials outside the back end of it from phone calls to SMSs to whatever, just saying, I really needed that. I haven't done something like that that just awoken, awakened, woke up. uh, They're part of me. Um, But then the questions come. And I'm still waiting for some of the questions to come back because it's hard. You know, when you ask a man, what is your, how is your mental health? Do you feel supported in your mental health? What are the challenges with your mental health? And what tips, tools, and application can you impart? People get stuck. Well, it's, I love what you're doing with the Rejoice Collection, uh, not just for men, but for everyone, <laughs> because everyone's invited, of course. But through play, through playing with dress up, Right, takes us back to our ch- mm. childhood. That sort of fantasy play. Mm. Play is the the language of children. They can communicate so much through play, and it's true for adults as well. Because when we are given permission 
and we let go of this idea that I have to have it all together. I've got to be the adult in the room and have all the answers. And we just start to play. It's amazing what starts to come out because you let down all those walls. You let go of some of that inhibition and stuff comes out through that play. I just absolutely adore what you are doing with with the Rejoice Collection. And you mean, I've had my own experiences of it, not just on this campaign, but coming with other groups and watching other people, men included, uh, engage in that playful stuff. Magic happens there. But going back to then trying to put that down into words, so the process of that is twofold. The one is finding the words for yourself Mm -hmm. is difficult. And I often say in my work, I've got to find the words. I've got to find the words to describe this experience, this feeling, this thoughts. And that's a very useful thing to do because when I have the words, I can actually understand. I can see it for the first time and then I can make choices with what I want to do with it. But Mm. that process in itself, trying to describe what I am going through is hard. But I suppose the, the added layer to this was suddenly having my words but then also having the courage to share it with other people. That's it. Because in that moment, suddenly, and I'm reflecting on myself now, it was a little bit like, geez, you mean I'm supposed to be the kind facilitator. I'm supposed to be the psychologist yeah. in this community. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm saying where I'm at, people are going to be like, geez, don't go to that guy. Like, I love it. Okay. It makes you want to go to you even more. Absolutely. Uh, and I couldn't agree with you more because all of us, no matter who you are in this community or what position you hold, when you are vulnerable, you actually make yourself more accessible, mm. more real, uh, more available to people. And that's an important thing, I hope, for everyone yeah. listening to this podcast, including the men, yeah. that sometimes when you do that, uh, you give your kids, your colleagues, your partner access to you in a way that when they don't, they often don't know how to support you. They yeah. don't know how to arrive for you. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I ever said to you was like, okay, if we're going to make like this business thing happen or if we're going to be besties and speak like every day, you've got to be honest with me because I certainly can't be in a relationship with the person that looks like they always have the answers and know what's going on because I am falling apart at the pieces <laughs> most day. Yeah. And I remember we're having that conversation with you. Like you have to arrive vulnerable with me. You have to. That is for me. I just, that is such a, a magic ingredient of being in any successful relationship because I can't read your mind. I'm not a bloody mind reader. So how am I supposed to know if you don't tell me? Yeah. And so I suppose we, we, we I'm generalizing a little bit here, but I, I would think that for many men, uh, the way that masculinity is sometimes set up in society. I mean, I did research a long, long time ago when I was studying on the relationship between help seeking and masculinity. And the, and the findings of that research was that ideas of masculinity, what a successful man looks like in our community, is often a barrier to help seeking because mm. there's pressure on men to have all the answers, mm. to be okay, uh, to be self-sufficient. But no one can be like that. You, you, you can't just spend your life eating the elephants, the hard things in your life, one bite at a time because it's going to go frot and rotten before mm. you get very far. Mm. The best way to eat an, an elephant is to invite as many hungry animals to the table. But to be able to do that ah. takes courage. It yep. takes risking shame. Here we go again, yeah. right? But that vulnerability is the way that people around you can know where you're at and know how they can support you. And it leads to better connection better relationships. So yeah, as you're listening to this podcast, uh, I encourage you to spend some time with you, connect with you, to 
Try put into words and write it down for yourself. Don't just say it in your head. Write it down for yourself. What are some of the things that I'm finding hard and what thoughts come with that? What feelings come with that? And share it with someone else as well, someone who you trust. And then in that process, the answers of maybe what you want to do next will slowly start to come to you. Yeah. So two things come to mind for me. If you are a man that is battling with his mental health, it is to find the words and try and access your community and the people that you know that can support you. But maybe sometimes it, it's a supporting role. Maybe if you're seeing your brother or your husband or your son battling for you to be the one that comes up and says, hey, I can see you struggling. Like It's okay for you not to keep to the script. It's okay. We can find you help because I think that sometimes – you know, from the having a look at the kind of DNA scrape that's come back from these these stories is that, yes, there is community, but sometimes I just don't know how to access it. Yeah, and I know there's so many uh, caring, supporting partners listening to this talk, being like, that's that's true and I agree with you, but I sometimes find it hard. I sometimes go to my, my partner and say, like, please share more. Tell me what you're going through. And I kind of get from my teenage son, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, all this silence. Mm. Don't give up mm. on that person because I think it's quite tempting to be like, oh, well, just let's all carry on. Continue to make yourself available. When you go for walks with that person, you know, often I always say teenage boys, they don't always talk when you're staring them in the eye. It's often when you're sitting side by side with mm. them. So go for a walk, drive together in the car, turn the radio yeah, a little bit softer in, in that moment. On that walk, don't feel like you've got to fill the space with, with words. Let there be silence. Sit next to each other on, on the sofa and create empty moments. And when the time is right, if you keep making those moments available, the words will come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to see Paulie's photo. I had so <laughs> much fun. All I'm going to say is Carl Lagerfeld. Uh, and I want to say to you, Jane, <laughs> thank you. Oh. Thank you for being that person in our community on this project, but other projects as well that make that space available, uh, make finding those words accessible. I really commend you for that. So Bless thank you. you. Thank you, my angel. Right. If you'd like to connect with us, www.kindnesscan.co.za uh, for all the information on the work that Paulie and I do. We'd love to come and see you and the special people in your organization, school or corporate space. Until we connect again, lots and lots of love and go well. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.